0: Hello and welcome to ScriptCast Conversations. I'm your host, Allison Malden. Today I'm talking to Sarah Redinger, the screenwriter behind episode three, Tattoo Shop. As you can probably tell from her script, Sarah knows how to combine everyday minutia and ephemera in big picture issues like insecurity and intergenerational conflict. Our conversation ranged from writing problematic characters with empathy people's very strong opinions about sparkling water. If you haven't listened to episode three, I recommend you pause this episode and go get caught up. Okay, welcome back. Pretty funny, right? Are you craving watermelon? Feeling an inexplicable urge to get a tattoo? Tell me about it on Instagram and Twitter at TheScriptcast or head to thescriptcast.com for more information about Sarah and her script for Tattoo Shop. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe, because you do not want to miss episode four. Okay, enough housekeeping, let's get to the good stuff. Here's Sarah and me. Yeah, I thought, the thing that I was thinking about, uh, like, almost from the beginning of putting this episode together, was the the hipster element in this script and I have I'm of an age where when I was younger it was the thing to hate on hipsters and to like um just take the piss on hipsters all the time and some of it was deserving but also it it, it a lot of it wasn't deserved you know like the, and that's what I loved about your script was you really do you poke fun at them but it's not from a place of contempt it's it feels like i don't know like from a place of love and and kind of appreciation and then also i was thinking about it's there's a similar vibe with the the toxic masculinity like the male characters in the script are really dealing with like i mean you have mansplainer who he seems so insecure and he's like trying to cover up his insecurity. Well I feel like that's the... why they
1: mansplain is they're insecure.
0: Yeah. Exactly and that so like for me it was almost eye opening to um, to read these characters and come at it from a place of empathy where as a woman and a feminist I often feel antipathy towards people like that and mm-hmm. uh, I mean and you can say similar things about Gruff and JJ they're both challenging characters but I don't hate them. I, I actually love them.
1: Well, great. (laughs) Um, well, I feel like they both used to be, I mean, this has been through a lot of drafts and I think they both used to be, um, meaner and more sexist, but then it was like, why would she, she would, she would have never hired JJ in the first place, you Mm -hmm. know? um, and she would have definitely kicked Gruff out immediately and not given him a second chance so it did come a little bit from like reining them in knowing that like it's not realistic that she would associate with these people if they're too horrible you know Mm -hmm. Um, but also just that like it's more fun to like the bad guy you know so I think that's part of it too is like if they have a charming element in addition to being a little douchey that's more fun
0: yes it is and it, it's those like conflicting feelings that i've you know it can be hard to put your finger on but i feel that whenever i'm watching a lot of the best tv um i mean this show couldn't be further from i mean tattoo shop but i've recently been watching the crown and talk about conflicting feelings with the you know from almost from scene to scene within the same episode you're loving a character and empathizing or sympathizing Mm -hmm. with them and then like hating them um um so yeah i just i really enjoyed that like it feels more true to life in a way that like yeah jj is a total mansplainer doesn't understand his male privilege or maybe
1: he does and he likes to cash it in I don't know
0: <laughs>
1: I think yeah I think that's a good read of it I think he does get it and he's almost like playing a bit you know yes. like I, I mean in my in my dreams um, if he had to choose between Gruff and Rue he would choose Rue every time you know mm. like I think it is I, I think he I think he gets it he just is like kind of a baby I think I think
0: that's what he is. Yeah, that just feels so much more true to life. I mean, who hasn't had that friend who would, um, they would needle at you or pick at you about something that you they knew you were sensitive about? I feel like that's he knows he's getting under Rue's skin. You know, like whether he fully appreciates, mm-hmm. uh, his his male privilege. I yeah, I guess that could be up for yeah. debate, but.
1: And then his relationship with, like, Mars when he does the tattoo the way she... You know, mm-hmm. we, I guess, like, visually we haven't seen it. It hasn't been shot. But in theory, he's sort of taken her suggestion, you know, to make this tattoo different um, and not given her credit. And I think that's, like, a tattoo artist ego that's separate from, like, sexism. Like, I think he would have mm. done that. I don't know that he would have done it to a man, actually. But um, it... uh yeah, that's like a wanting to win. He wants the most Instagram followers. You know, he wants to do even like yeah. he would never admit she's right because he wants to, he wants to get the credit. You know.
0: Yeah, that's so, it's so like that's true.
1: His
0: ego. Oh man, that scene, or I guess you, that storyline that just burned me up. <laughs> I just, I really, uh I felt for Mars. Um, but it's interesting how like. I mean, just going back to the insecurity of that scene where he's talking to the the it, it's the mansplainer, right? Who has the bad tattoo and
1: yeah, yeah.
0: I just felt like I it was so cringeworthy, like the way the uh, the customers, well, specifically mansplainer, but they they he wants the approval of this artist because he has also bought into the whole Instagram fame mm-hmm. thing. Um and I he was personally, fr- oh sorry go ahead I was I was gonna say I don't have any tattoos, and I'm not like plugged into that world, but I'm I guess is there like a cult of personality in that world?
1: um yes, I mean, at least I think there is I'm sure there are people who get tattoos who don't follow that, but like there are so many tattoo artists on Instagram who are like Instagram famous and I mean, I, at least between me and like say like five or six friends I have who are all into tattoos, you could be like, Oh my God, did you see this one? This person posted. And, um, I don't really know anybody who has tattoos from like the top Instagram artists because it's really hard to get on their books or whatever. But, um, if I did, I would definitely be like, Oh my God, I've heard about like girl in New York is a real famous tattoo. Oh. She does like Ariana Grande tattoos. And, um, Sean from Texas is a real tattoo artist. Um, and but I made I made most of them up but those are two names I did pick because I was like, these are like good names and they are big tattoo artists. Oh, I but, love that. Um, yeah, so yeah, I mean there there is like a whole a whole scene at least on Instagram, at least I think there's a whole scene. I'm sure there'd be plenty of people who would say, no, what are you talking about you you find them the old-fashioned way or whatever, but or you go to they or you could go to a convention or something, but I find um new artists through Instagram and sometimes I guess I have yeah, I have my we had a tattoo artist do um our anniversary party oh. and I found her on Instagram. Um and now I've gotten a couple tattoos from her and she's amazing. Oh. But she's not like Instagram famous, I don't think, although she has many followers and is successful, but um yeah, so well, that's this- a real thing that we do. <laughs>
0: This is like a natural opening to a smaller question I had was, um, do you have tattoos that uh, kind of harken back to the ones you reference in the script, like like, um, the sentimental tattoos, the bad tattoos you regret, things like that?
1: Uh, Yeah, I would say, and I have a lot of friends who have tattoos, and so I did pull them all for their ideas and advice and opinions. And I don't remember how many of them I took from my friends, but um, a lot of them are real to me. I have a bad tattoo from um, an Echo Park Music Festival parking lot. <laughs> um, I got a tattoo in a woman's home that she was not like beer mom, but it was a woman who did sound. There are hand poke and there. She did like a sound bath and like, a guided meditation and you picked a tattoo from her book of art and it was like really incredible and she's actually pretty famous on Instagram too oh. um and it was a really amazing and incredible and very safe and sterile experience um but i thought that that was an interesting vibe of like oh somebody who gives tattoos out of their house or whatever but um
0: yeah for But sure. she's nothing
1: like Bomb. she does a great safe job um <laughs> and uh what else um I have definitely had male tattoo artists suggest ideas that they think are like prettier um, and there was something else that's real. Oh, I have a the idea for Alan Avery came for. Um, my best friend and I got tattoos for our other best friend after she passed away and it oh. was like a whole thing of um, we didn't get that she lives in Kentucky, so we didn't get them together, but we did talk about it like at her funeral and stuff at like the reception after being like, and what are we going to get for this tattoo? And it was a whole thing of being like, these are terrible ideas. Oh my God. <laughs> um, and then uh, in the end, we like picked something and we got them separately. So it doesn't, it doesn't mirror their story exactly, but it was like a true to life experience of trying to think of like a tattoo to commemorate somebody.
0: Oh yeah. And I guess it's probably harder to pick an image. Well, I don't know. It's not. It's different than just getting their name on your bicep, right? Like you're trying. Yeah, to it was hard
1: emblem. to. Exactly, it's hard to think of what made you think of another person that you would want on your bicep. You know, because like, <laughs> um, what did we talk? We talked about like flamingos because she loves flamingos, but we were like, well, I don't like flamingos, and. Um, just like a bunch of like dumb stuff from our childhood that we're like, this would be horrible though. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I
0: love that. Um, I didn't know any of that, but that a lot of that came from real life stuff. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the Al and Avery thing, I'm, I'm glad you brought up your like se- like setting up all my segues here. The um. there are the. Element that would be unique to this episode, right? They're not mm-hmm. going to be carried through. So, all along, I've been thinking of it almost like um, I've been comparing it to high maintenance in my mind. The way the. Yeah, like,
1: that's what it came from. It's supposed to be like high maintenance.
0: Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. So, it's, it's just so like an access them. point. The tattoos are like your way in to the lives of the strangers, like um, the way that the weed is in high maintenance. Mm hmm. But it's I mean for I mean not to compare it too closely because it's almost like you have a workplace comedy with that like I don't know if um i'm sorry'm I'm, I'm not sure if anthology is the right word for a show like high maintenance that's different every mm-hmm. week, but it's it's um it's an unstructured kind of thing i'm if any screenwriter I, I are know exactly what you're screaming what it's called, but
1: I mean, I know exactly what you're saying, and I also don't know the term. Um, (laughs) And it's been hard to, like, tell people about it because I don't know the terms. I'll be like, you know, like, high maintenance. And people will be like, I don't watch that show. And I'm like, well, okay. yeah." (laughs) Um, But – and somebody else – my partner just sort of described it as, like, oh, the new people, like the Alan Avery, are sort of, like, your six feet under entry point. Mm. Um, If you watch that show, because they have Mm -hmm. a different death at every every, – the beginning, but it wouldn't be structured the same the way that six feet under has like the same structure every episode. Mm -hmm. But basically the theory is that Rue would be in every episode in some way, but they would not all be her story and they wouldn't all necessarily be in the tattoo shop. Like maybe Mm. she would be tattooing at uh, an anniversary party or a wedding or at a tattoo convention, or she would have traveled to tattoo in, you know, New York or something. Um, so they could either be in different shops so you would get different characters that way or um, different settings or it might for example say one thing that i cut from a version of the script i don't know if you you might have read the version but there is a version where there's a group of friends who are doing um, a race to see who can get to santa monica faster from the east side and like one takes a bird and one takes the bus and one um rides a bike and so, like, maybe they would be the characters for one. And, like, at the end of the episode, whoever um, got their last had to get a tattoo or something. So that would, like, maybe be an episode. And at the end, they go to the tattoo shop or something.
0: Oh, that's so fun. Or, I hope you're, like, yeah, keeping so track of... of
1: all those ideas. Uh, yes, they are. <laughs> they are in a, a doc. There, I wish there were more of them. I have maybe, like, 15 ideas. I wish I had, like, 100 ideas, but... Yeah, but if that's like I could a, come up with them real fast though. An idea per
0: episode, that's almost a season. That's true.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, it's more than a season if you're streaming. True. Um Yeah, but it I yeah, it's, it's hard to say. It. I like the the um 6 feet under comparison, but I do think you're right. High maintenance is is a closer comparison because the you get a more intimate look at their life. And Mm -hmm. it's been a while since I've watched Six Feet Under, but I don't remember
1: anything. (laughs) Like, what stays with me is the family and not necessarily the dead people. Yeah. Sometimes it is a person in their life who dies, like a character on the show, so then it's a little more intertwined. But -hmm. a lot of times it is just, like, a way to set up who will be having a funeral, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not as intertwined, but... um, yeah, I guess ultimately what I keep coming back to is I I want it to be. It's important for important to me that it's about a feminist tattoo artist because I do think that's like not an idea everybody has in their mind. Yeah. Um, and but more than that, I want it to be a show about why people get tattoos and like their lives. Yeah. So, um, why do you think people get tattoos? Um. My, I made a short documentary about tattoos in college, and one of my roommates um, had my favorite quote, and it was something like, I mean, it was a long time ago now, but the paraphrase is, I get tattoos because they're like a journal on my body, a flesh journal, and uh, <laughs> we laughed and laughed about the phrase flesh journal, and I did end up calling the short film that because it was the best title we had, and I thought about calling this flesh journals, but...
0: <laughs> it's unforgettable, um, that's
1: for sure. yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I think people get them to be a flesh journal, but, <laughs> yeah. um, I think, I, I don't know. I mean, there's a million reasons and that would be like, hopefully what, hopefully that comes across in this group too, is that like, you know, some people get them for sentiment, some get them because they think they look cool. Some people get them because their friends are doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I hope that, yeah, I hope that comes across. No, yeah, I thought it was cool. And I but I I do
0: I feel like there's even more than that layered into your script. Because the themes that I was picking up on as I was like putting the episode together is just like this kind of tension between a creative person's ideals, uh, and their artistic integrity, as it were. I know it's it's not cool to talk about ourselves as artists, but I mean, it, it, <laughs> as screenwriters, we're either artists or we're craftspeople, whichever bucket you want to put us in. Um, but the tension between that, like, desire to maintain your artistic integrity versus the need to make money um, and just keep a business afloat, uh, and and even. The tensions in different generations with the I I felt are playing out with Rue and Gruff. I mean that stuff is I think it's universal. And I was wondering like what was on your mind when you were creating Rue's character and her her big struggles. She's she has some f- like hard and fast uh, like rules for the shop that keep getting mm-hmm. tested.
1: Um, I guess. Where I came up with Rue was um, whenever I get tattoos, I really like to like chat up the artist about um, their experiences tattooing and like what the hot tattoos are and what are you doing later today and whatever. Um, And I used to get tattoos more from men just because there there were, or the places I was going at least, there were more men doing it. And then, not the first time I got a tattoo from a a woman, but the first time I got a big tattoo from a woman – Um, She was just like so interesting and just not the stereotype of anybody who tattoos at all. She was like soft-spoken and like um, kind of business casual dressed and um, it was a long tattoo. So she talked to me about how she got started and um, like what it's like working in a male-dominated industry So I would just, I left thinking, like, what an interesting person that, like, people don't think of when they think of tattoos. And then the more I started getting tattooed by women, I would ask them about, like, their specific experiences working in shops with men. Because a lot of times there'll be one woman in the shop, um, and if that, and a lot of, and sometimes the woman will be like, oh, yeah. Um, uh, Well, specifically when I went to a tattoo shop in New York that was all women, I asked the woman who was doing that. And she was like, oh, yeah, I I wanted to work here because when I work at a shop that's all men, they always think that I'm just like the shop girl or the receptionist um, Mm. and nobody ever takes me seriously. So it's like just hearing stories like that from people or like, you know, tattoo artists who are women who have like, oh, when I get tattooed by men, they do X, Y, Z and I don't like it. And I was like, oh, I just want to like, you know, mesh these stories together and like imagine a person who is just like really trying to fight the man and be a boss (laughs) at the same time.
0: (laughs) Literally. Yeah. And metaphorically. Yeah. And she's so, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just think as a progressive person and a feminist, um, uh, living in 2020, Rue is dealing with the same things that we are like how to stick to your ideals without becoming too rigid and, and like, maintaining enough flexibility to, like, survive and, and function, but not, um, yeah, w- without going too far in the other direction and, like, selling out mm-hmm. or betraying your beliefs. Yeah, so I, I empathize with that because I think we're all having that kind of negotiation <laughs> with ourselves and on some level just because it's impossible not to live in the world Mm -hmm. without it. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's possible not to have convictions at all. (laughs) Maybe those people are just sailing through life, but...
1: Oh, true. Um, Yeah, I feel like I always struggle when I'm writing a lead character to, like, not write myself. So um, (laughs) I feel like that's part of me, like, um, trying to... Because I feel like a lot of my beliefs... I align with her but it was you know me trying to write a person who's like more business savvy and more um strong-willed and has all these goals that I don't personally have because it was like okay how do I not write myself and all these characters (laughs) I'm just showing all my writer weaknesses I'm like oh I'm just minding my friends for ideas (laughs) writing myself oh my
0: god I don't think that's a weakness um I think that's a strength um but that It's interesting how you you had to – you recognized that you were doing that and then you had to uh, be really intentional about choosing – almost like turning dials, it sounds like. You're like, I'm going to make her more business savvy. Although, is she that business savvy? Because she's struggling.
1: I feel like in my mind, she is like opinionated and strong-willed and business savvy. Like, I think that she – knows how to run a business she just like doesn't want to do it the way people are telling her to so she's like hoping against hope that um following all of these uh grand plan she has will like work out and make the shop successful yeah so that's yeah i feel like she's really idealistic and doesn't want to let go of that that's that's what she's up to in my mind
0: yeah i i love that about her um oh i wanted to talk a little bit about <clears throat> the scripts um, pop culture references because they're so funny, and I, it's not heavy handed. It's like it's like well spread out, you know, throughout. But the um, it's a thing that I think that uh, they with a capital T often tell screenwriters not to do, or I just have heard yeah. screenwriters express uh, a kind of wariness of using pop culture references or even like cell phones. I've heard, uh, filmmakers talk about not want to use cell phones in their films because it dates them. And, mm-hmm. um, I was thinking about that while I was editing this episode and how I think I don't care. <laughs> I, I don't care. <laughs> oh, great. Um, cause I was laughing at this throughout and I was thinking about all the other shows that I watch, um, I'm a big fan of like 90s sitcoms and honestly part of the pleasure of those shows sometimes is seeing all of that old stuff
1: again. Um, That's so funny because that is what my partner always says because um, sometimes I ask him this I'm like, I feel like I write in too many pop culture references because it's the only way I know how to make jokes. Um <laughs> And he was like, no, he's like, if you think about watching an old 90s show or whatever, or he and I both watched uh, like Nick at Night a lot as a kid. So like yeah. 70s stuff, 60s stuff, whatever. He's like, watching shows like that is how you get to know more about pop culture. And I'm like, OK, let's go with that. Let's hope that that's true. Oh, um, I like that. It's a circle. That's his theory. Yeah, because it's like you learn about the thing that happened before you by watching um, the thing you know what I always used to tell people that I learned so much about history from watching like Mary Tyler Moore or whatever yeah um so in theory hopefully people could watch this in 15 years and be like oh who is what is this thing let me learn about it I don't know oh yeah they'll still think it's funny or something
0: I I think so too I do and I think like I think you've done it Well, because those themes that we were talking about earlier are universal and timeless. I mean, I don't think there will ever be a point in history where you don't have some tension between men and women, Mm -hmm. some tension between different age groups and generations. And uh, so, you know, the jokes, even if somebody, you know, in 20 years doesn't know what a LaCroix is, although that's hard to imagine... (laughs) (laughs) but I mean
1: the point will come across like I just think even if they don't have LaCroix or don't know about it they'll probably I hope they're they could imagine a difference like I'm sure there's always going to be a name brand and a store brand you know so hopefully they can piece together through context clues this is a name brand she wants them to use the store brand you know it's so true and I, I really think like if the writing
0: is good enough and and the Overall, the show is good. I don't think, even if you don't get the reference, or maybe it's just me, but I mean, uh, I came late to the Gilmore Girls. I think I watched it shortly before the reboot came out. I just kind of powered through all of them. Did I get all of the references? No, because the references in Gilmore Girls were not even current probably when they came out. I mean, they're like talking True. about all of these like obscure yeah. bands and stuff. and But it didn't prevent me from loving the show, like mm-hmm. um, sometimes it was like, oh, I'm going to Google that band or, you know, that book or whatever they were talking about. So um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't hope think we give they're... our
1: audiences enough credit. Exactly. They can, they can, you like, especially once you're watching something and TV is, you know, visual. Um, if you're watching something, usually you can get so many context clues from how something looks or even if it's just like a verbal joke, hopeful. I, yeah, I think that people are more savvy than we think they are. Or yeah. if they aren't, maybe they don't like the show anyway. I don't know. You know? <laughs> it ain't for everybody. <laughs> yeah. but If you don't like your pop culture references, it's not your show, I guess. I don't know.
0: Exactly. I mean, I um, I hope people will write what's most, you know, authentic to them. And so for me, I don't feel like I'm hip and plugged in enough to write a lot of pop culture references um although I pretty much knew all of yours see there you go um (laughs) um, but yeah I just there's so many quote-unquote rules imposed upon uh screenwriters well let me say new screenwriters or aspiring screenwriters Mm -hmm. and I think like most of them don't matter. Just write a good story, you know? Yeah. I did want to tell you that uh, there's one thing I wanted to put to rest, which was the debate about
1: does sparkling water hydrate <laughs> you? And I Googled it for this conversation. It it does, people say, right? <laughs> it I, yes. It's funny how many people have gotten hung up on that with me as well. And I'm like, oh, I mean, okay. <laughs> I didn't mean to be like making a statement on it, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I had some friends who listened to it text me about it. And I was like, oh, it's weird that that I personally am not do not feel hydrated from it. But I am aware that science claims it is hydrating. I mean, I just love that moment in the
0: script because I know I have had conversations like that where I'm drinking a sparkling water, minding my own business. and then Somebody's like,
1: they don't hydrate you. And <laughs> they say it with such <laughs> authority. <Yeah. laughs> I I am that person, although I have stopped doing it because I've Googled it so many times. And I'm like, yeah, I guess it hydrates you. I find it hard to believe. But they well,
0: say it does. And I'm partial too because I'm pretty much addicted to sparkling water. Um, but the then I by googling it I did find out it's not good for your tooth enamel, so Oh yeah. Uh that could be a problem. I'll just I'll just switch to a straw maybe. But um Also, it wouldn't be as funny of a joke in the script. I think hydration is a much funnier joke element
1: than Tooth Enamel. Than Tooth Enamel. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. They both would work. That's where it's a a thing where I'm just writing myself. I'm like, I don't believe they hydrate you. (laughs) She doesn't believe they hydrate you. (laughs) Do you have a flavor or brand preference? Oh, I don't
0: care about brand, but I'm a big citrus person. uh, Mm, Okay. So... I guess if we're talking LaCroix tangerine is my favorite. Okay. And uh key lime can fall off a cliff.
1: I don't interesting.
0: Yeah, I I it doesn't taste like lime to me. It tastes like cotton candy in a weird way. Hmm. And not in a good way. But uh no, it was like we recently got the wrong um pack delivered and it was key lime. <laughs> Oh no! So I just put it out in the lobby of our building and uh, with a free sign on it. And somebody took it. So somebody out there oh, likes it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I hate key lime. I'm not a big sparkling water person. I like a plain water. Um, <laughs> but I, we got a bunch of it for free at the beginning of quarantine and made a lot of cocktails with it. And so now mm. I'm like, well, it's a pretty good cocktail beverage, but not all of them. There's like a pink one. That is not good because we also like if you're gonna mix it with tequila, your your flavors are more limited than vodka. I feel like so I feel like I kind of like key lime for cocktails.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: Or maybe I'm thinking the lemon is good. Yeah, I I like like the the plain is really where it's at though. Real quick, uh, what are you watching these days? Oh, what am I watching? Let's see. Hmm. We just finished The Good Lord Bird, which I loved. Really good. Okay. um, Ethan Hawke show about John Brown. Mm-hmm. Really good. Um, I feel like I just watched all of Pose. Actually, there might be a season that's not on Netflix or Hulu, but I watched all the rest of Pose and that was fun. Um And we just started watching uh there do, are you did you know there's a new Saved by the Bell?
0: <laughs> no. On
1: Peacock? We were aware of it, Brian and I were, because we both were big Saved by the, ba- Saved by the Bell fans as children, and we both, like, wanted to work on this new show. Um, yeah, so we started watching the new Saved by the Bell. It's on Peacock, and it's actually really good. I mean, it's still a kid's show, but they seem very aware of what to make fun of about the original show. And so it's, like, kind of smart and fun and, like, pokes fun at itself, and we're like, this is great.
0: Oh. Is it like, um, is
1: it a cast of new actors or like unknown actors? Um, I didn't recognize any. Well, there's a couple of the adults from the original, but I didn't recognize any of them, but one of them, um, is from other teen shows, I think, because Brian knew her and I was like, oh, I don't.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I didn't watch that when I was a kid. I don't know how I got, um, how I escaped that. Cause I remember it was a behemoth at the time.
1: <laughs> Loved it. Big fan. Um, Yeah, what are you watching? What's good out there? Who would you be watching instead? I, well, I would say
0: mo- the most recent things I've finished were The Queen's Gambit and The Crown. I hear it's good. It's very good. It's I mean, it's a great show, and the performances and the writing are amazing, but the wallpapers alone, I mean... Even if you watched it on mute, <laughs> there'd be something. I just, it's so gorgeous. Um, and then the, the crown, I actually skipped last season because I got kind of bored with it. But then because they brought in Princess Diana for this season, I was like, okay, I want to check in on this.
1: I was thinking about also jumping in just for this season because I haven't really watched any. I watched the first like two episodes and was like, this is kind of boring to me. Um, but I'm interested in the new one because uh, I hear it's great. And the clothes in it, I got to watch.
0: Yes. Yeah, I actually read that the there's, like, this red sweater with sheep on it that Princess... Yeah, the black sheep sweater. I'm familiar
1: with the black sheep sweater. I really wish that I could have one, but they're, like, $300. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think it was a limited run. They're probably sold out now. Oh, I'm
1: sure it's sold out anyway, yeah. But I did Google it, in fact, this morning. I was like, can, is somebody ripping it like this Forever 21 have one yet? But um.
0: we all feel like black sheep. Good recommendations. Wide ranging recommendations
1: (laughs) from this conversation.
0: Um, And uh, do you want to tell everybody where they can find you online if you want to be found?
1: I am only really on Instagram and it's at Ruttingers, R-U-T-T-I-N-G-E-R-S. And that's about it.
0: Cool, cool. Uh, the script cast is on Instagram and Twitter at the Scriptcast. and we have a website, thescriptcast.com, where you can go and see the full cast list um, for each episode. And thank you, Sarah, for letting me um, produce this lovely little script. I had so much fun doing it and never stopped <laughs> chuckling no matter how many passes i made in the edit it still made me laugh um and i know the that the actors had a lot of fun with it too so thank you and thank you for talking with me today
1: thank you so much it was really an honor to have you know have you want to do this in the first place so thank you for that awesome all
0: right thanks Key lime can fall off a cliff, key lime can fall off a cliff, key lime can fall off a
1: cliff.